Hey guys, welcome to the Indie Game Development Podcast. Here we tackle the challenges of indie game development head-on from the technical to the emotional and talk about the secrets to conquering self-doubt on your journey to crafting games that people will love. Subscribe so you never miss another episode. And if you haven't already, give us a rating and review so that this podcast gets shared with more people. We'd really, really appreciate it. Ready? Let's go. Hollow Knight, Celeste, and Stardew Valley have all sold over a million copies across all platforms, and I couldn't find any specific confirmed figures, uh, but Hollow Knight and Stardew Valley are well above that number. So in today's episode, I just really want to talk about what it is about these games. Why are they so special? Why did they do so well? And I'm approaching this as a person who played and loved all three of these games. So these are just my personal opinions. I don't want to make it seem like I'm coming at this like I'm some sort of marketing expert because I'm not. I'm just an indie developer who really loved these games. And since this podcast is solely focused on content for other indie game developers, I wanted to take a look at these games and try to understand why these games did as well as they did and why do they seem to be so universally loved. You may have heard the expression, to make anything successful, it's 90% marketing, 5% quality, and 5% luck. And I don't really believe in luck. I think that could just be renamed to something like miscellaneous or an other category, which is a combination of things like genre popularity, timing, trends at the timing of release, and things like that. But regardless, I do believe that this expression is an expression for a reason. So before I really dive in, I want it stated that no matter the quality, no matter the amount of time spent on development, no matter anything else, marketing was needed. In order for a game to explode in popularity, it has to be played. And in order for people to play a game, they have to know it exists. Hollow Knight had a very successful Kickstarter campaign and the developers hired a PR specialist afterwards. Celeste was created by an already successful dev, and they marketed pretty heavily on their social media, and they showcased it at PAX West. And Stardew Valley had a notable publisher and was marketed on various internet communities and was given to prominent Twitch streamers as a beta at a strategic time during its development. Okay, marketing is important. If you're an indie dev, you cannot sit in your room and code in secret for years and finally unveil your masterpiece to the world and expect to make millions there's too much competition, and there's no reason for anyone to be hyped about your game if you've never made a game before, right? I'm not trying to be mean. This is just the reality of it. So with that out of the way, let's talk about why these games exploded in popularity. Because in terms of unique hooks, these games, they kind of took an interesting approach. Hollow Knight Personally, for me, it's just another 2D Metroidvania. There is nothing terribly unique in terms of mechanics or gameplay. Celeste is a pixel art platformer in a sea of pixel art platformers, and Stardew Valley is a spiritual successor to Harvest Moon, which I've never played, but if it had been received badly, people probably would have called it a crappy Harvest Moon clone. Now, all three of these games we're talking about, I love these games, so obviously... We need to dig a little bit deeper. But I do feel like pointing out, okay, because I've heard the advice all over the place. I've heard it everywhere. Your game needs a unique hook. That gets thrown around in this space a lot. It doesn't. It just doesn't, okay? At least not in terms of mechanics specifically. None of these games we're talking about are terribly unique in terms of gameplay or mechanics. There's no weird fusion of two genres. There's no gimmicks. There's nothing that people haven't seen before. 
In fact, all three of them, they kind of go the other way and they just stick to their guns. They know what kind of game they are and they wear it as a badge of honor and they don't try to be more than they are. They do what they do and they do it really well. There are a lot of very strong opinions that get thrown around in the indie dev scene like their facts. Like you need a unique hook for your game to be successful. You don't. That's not a fact. Or again, you need to show playtesters something that they haven't seen before. You don't. That's not true. Or you can't make money if you make platformers anymore. You can. All of these games that we're looking at support what I'm saying. A unique mechanic might just give you a statistical edge, okay? But it has the drawback of falling flat with audiences if they don't like it. There are pros and cons to just about everything. Don't let anyone tell you there's a rule about being successful as an indie dev or successful for anything for that matter. There are no rules. There's just data. And the data from these three games that we're looking at supports not needing a unique mechanical hook. Okay, let's talk about story and themes next. And for me, the story and theme were really strong with Celeste and Stardew Valley. And this is just me personally, not so much with Hollow Knight. And I know entire YouTube careers like Mossbag have been started because of Hollow Knight lore. So I very much understand it has this deep, rich lore. I just, when I was playing it, I did not care about the story behind Hollow Knight when I was playing the game. That doesn't mean I didn't pick up on the fact that the infection was spreading and it was corrupting all these cute little bugs in Hollow Nest, going on a journey to save the world, the hero's sacrifice, all of that. I picked it up from the environment alone. I just didn't personally care for all of the little lore tidbits along the way. Celeste told its story masterfully, in my opinion. Madeline needing to climb a literal mountain to overcome her fears and anxieties, fighting the dark, scared part of herself, and ultimately accepting it and merging with it to reach even new heights. That's the story of life and personal struggles and growth, but just turned literal. Stardew Valley starts with you working a nine to five in some gross corporate setting. Everyone's depressed and everything's gray. And finally you open this letter from your grandpa that he gave you years ago, and it's a deed to his farm. So you move out to this little town, you become a part of the community, and you slowly but surely grow your dream farm and you make friends along the way. And unless you're still in high school, I think that most of us can relate to the statement made in the intro to the game. There will come a day when you feel crushed by the burden of modern life, and your bright spirit will fade before a growing emptiness. That's life for a lot of adults. Wake up, go to work, come home, do whatever you do for a few hours, and then you go to sleep and you do it all over again. And in the game, the town Stardew Valley is the escape from that feeling. Okay, let's talk about graphics next. Obviously, all three of these games are gorgeous. Stardew and Celeste use pixel art really nicely, and Hollow Knight uses that gorgeous hand-drawn style that I love so, so much. Much more than pixel art, for me personally. Games get judged by how they look. That's how it is. Undertale and maybe Minecraft and Vampire Survivors, these are like the only games that I can think of that are ugly, and yet were still a massive, massive success. But maybe that's subjective, and it's just my opinion. But the art and the mood go hand in hand. Hollow Knight's dark tunnels and desaturated world really makes you feel how hopeless that world has become. Stardew is bright and vibrant to go along with its general feel-good atmosphere once you move to Stardew Valley. And I feel like Celeste uses a mixture of bright and darker colors, which just fits the story really well. 
Music is an obvious factor, right? Celeste's panic attack scene gives me goosebumps. I've never heard music that so perfectly captures the feeling of anxiety before. But then, of course, it has an equal number of uplifting parts as well. I'll randomly get Stardew Valley tunes stuck in my head at random times just out of nowhere. Every time I hear just about any track from that game, it brings me immediately just to my inner happy place. And I bought the Hollow Knight soundtrack so that I could listen to it in my car. So obviously I really enjoy that. If atmosphere is the heart of a game, then music is the soul. And when I play games with no sound, it's like they are flat and dead. So the music definitely worked in their favor here. Let's talk about pacing. And pacing is a hard thing to get right in games. And all three of these games nail it, I think. Hollow Knight, while it can be easy to get lost, there's always something to find, there's always something to fight, there's always something to do or some place to explore. I found that the art, music, and the challenging gameplay, it kept me engaged even in the parts where I did get lost. And when I wasn't lost, I was constantly hunting for the next power-up, the next charm, the next treasure, the next boss. I was hooked. Hollow Knight's my favorite game of all time. Celeste is incredibly difficult. I might have logged over a thousand deaths in that game, but you respawn very, very quickly and the rooms are small. So it kind of keeps the frustration of dying to a minimum. It did feel like a rage game at times, but for the most part, it felt like a perfectly doable platformer that was constantly stretching my abilities as a player. Stardew kept me up till the wee hours of the morning many, many times. It's weirdly easy to get into that just one more day mentality when you're grinding away for the next thing that you want to mine or craft or farm or whatever. So to sum everything up, the thing about these games is that there is a quality to them that's really hard to nail down. It's that same feeling that I had and I don't mean now for nostalgia's sake, but the first time I played Ocarina of Time or Super Mario RPG or Super Metroid or any of my favorite games from my childhood, there's some element of magic to these games. And I know that that's frustrating for me to say because there's no data or anything. There's no how-tos for how you can make a game feel like magic. But these games work really hard to make you feel immersed in their world and their story. And... There's a feeling I can identify when I play all three of these games for me personally, and that feeling is longing. I want to put myself into the story and explore the world for myself. I want to break past the barriers of Hollow Nest and see what the rest of Hollow Knight's world looks like. I want to adventure next to Madeline as she climbs the mountain and then falls and then gets up and climbs it again. And I desperately want to live in Stardew Valley and have a farm just like that one. I felt the same with Ocarina of Time. I wanted to live in a treehouse with the Kikiri. I also wanted to live in Clocktown in Majora's Mask. My favorite movies, Star Wars, Harry Potter, Avatar, Lord of the Rings. Longing. Same thing. Something about these stories and their environment makes me long to spend more time in those worlds. Spend more time exploring, finding every upgrade, building the perfect farm, finding all the secrets. As indie devs, I think it's important to remember that our job is to craft an experience for our players. And if you can create an experience that makes them long to live in this world that you've created, then your game's going to do just fine. As long as you remember to market too. And that's all I got. If you love this episode and if you haven't already left a rating and review, please consider doing that now because it really helps the podcast grow and reach 
more awesome devs like yourself. Thanks so much.